Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver. Hello everyone, this is Jefferson Weaver with ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY coming to you with the Columbus Connection. We've got my new friend Lisa Yama here from Yama Farms. How are you today, dear lady? I'm doing great, thank you. A lot of folks have heard of you and have seen you around because you're, forgive the pun, you're as busy as one of the things we're going to talk about. Busy as the bees. Busy as the bees, that's correct. Now, why, why are pollinators important? Pollinators are what is helping flowers reproduce. Um, and in our world and on Earth, and interestingly enough, side note, yeah. flowers didn't show up in the fossil record until the Cretaceous. Okay. So you're talking T-Rex time. And that is amazing. So we find our first evidence of flowers in the fossil records. Before then, you had spores and you had ways for plants to reproduce without insects helping out. We love our flowers. They're beautiful. They smell nice. They make us happy. And they also provide us lots of food. I'm going to say, there's, there's flowers out there on that pear tree that I keep my eyes on, as well as my persimmon tree. And I'm looking forward to those particular flowers turning into something. Absolutely. I like paying attention to my cucumber flowers and my yep. tomato flowers. The zucchini flowers are huge, and a lot of people use those petals right. uh, for food. And so you're just keeping an eye out and looking at who's in there uh, roaming around in the pollen. Well, so, I mean, that's where we come out. I know everybody, we're always talking about bees and bees and bees and bees because we've got the honey. But there's there's other pollinators that we can help at the same time. And new to me, um, when I moved here and started learning more about the natural world here in North Carolina, we've got thousands of native bees that are not honeybees. Right. And I think a lot of people think, oh, there's just honeybees and you know we get honey from them. However, our native bees play a vital role in the ecosystem, not only as pollinators, but also as prey for other predators. Right. And they also predate on other insects that we might not want as much of. Well, there was one particular, I wish I could remember the name of it because I studied it for long enough, I should have, but there was one in particular that actually played a, a partial role in our longleaf pine forest not coming back because this particular predator bee ate one of the mites that would attack the weakened longleaf pines and what few that were left after the naval stores industry tapped everything dry. Well, what few that were left, well, they were gone. And so those bugs, you know, the bad bugs survived, right. but the good bees that were nailing the bad bugs didn't make it. And so that's taken a long time for a long leaf to recover. So. My new, it, it is, it's not mine. I, I stole this phrase from Douglas Ptolemy, who's an author who writes a lot about our native plants and our native insects to support our plants. He always says, instead of asking, what are mosquitoes for? Why do we need mosquitoes? Or why do we need this beetle? He switches that, and I've started changing the way I ask is, what role does this organism play in the ecosystem? Okay. And so that way, we can help people understand that it's all a balance, that when we remove entire species of organisms, it affects the whole ecosystem in ways we might not expect. I mean, one of the, one of the things I like to point out so often, I mean, I'm, I'm a fur trapper and a hunter. You can take the 
data from the 1930s when the Dust Bowl occurred out west and compare that to when the deer populations, people started managing deer population. Hey, we're running out of white-tailed deer. We've got to do something to conserve the future. Well, as man sometimes do, we, we overcompensated because of the changes in agriculture. The two waves moved toward each other because there were no predators left on the East Coast except for humans. The coyotes were cut off, so they adapted. They started moving east. So, you know, that, that's where we got to be careful about these things. Correct. <laughs> correct. And there's always, we always as humans think we have solutions to problems. Kudzu is a perfect example. Yep. Right? Like, oh, we're going to reduce like a rose. We've got FCC regulation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cuss word around here, I know. The vine that ate the South. Um, you know, good intentions. We're going to reduce erosion. Whoops. Yep. It doesn't die off in the winter here. We get problems. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the idea that I'm promoting here is if you're going to plant, let's plant native or let's plant plants that support our ecosystem. Let's look at the whole picture. And guess what? It's a lot of stuff to learn, which is why you have amazing resources around you. We've got our county extension. We've got our community college. We've got other counties extensions in places nearby, like the um, Arboretum in Wilmington is an amazing resource. I have become a resource because when I first moved here, I wanted monarchs to come yep. visit me. Yep, I, I remember when you were talking yep. about your monarchs uh-huh. when you first got here. <laughs> and I lived in Denver and I tried to grow the Western milkweed and I failed every time uh, when I was in Denver and I move here and figure out Y'all have a hundred more planting days a year than color than where I was. A little bit warmer. Oh my lord! And it was like heaven, right? So I'm looking for milkweed. I'm looking for. I can't find it anywhere. I couldn't find anyone that was selling milkweed. So I thought, well, I guess I should grow some. And that's sort of what transpired into what else can I grow and how do I learn more? And then of course. Everything shut down, which is when I started taking Zoom classes. Gotcha. And uh, Larry Mellenchamp is a, a local. He's from Charlotte, and he writes books on native plants. And it's just the resources that we have here in our community and in our state are invaluable. Yeah. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back with Lisa Yama on the Columbus Connection. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478.
And welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with my friend Lisa Yama. Lisa, we're talking about pollinators. We're talking about beneficial plants. The this ecosystem. The whole ecosystem. I mean, we're we're critters. We are we're, part uh, of the ecosystem. I mean, we are critters. We are part of this thing, mm-hmm. and we have. I mean, we have a biblical injunction to be good stewards of what we've been blessed with. So, what can we do? Yeah, what's, I mean, I don't have a green thumb, okay? I can leave a black streak walking across my grass at the house. So yeah. I get a lot of people at the farmer's market. So I do bring my plants and things that I've grown to our Columbus County Farmer's Market up by the fitness park, uh, which is a wonderful resource that we have here. And it's a really, really dedicated folk. We had them on a while back and they're just really dedicated. And I can't push them enough. I know we pushed them last week. Use your farmer's market, folks, please. That's correct. Not only do you know where your food is coming from, you know who's growing it, you know the practices that you're using, they're using, and it's cheaper. Um, So all of those things are great. I do bring my plants out there, and people always comment, like, oh, my gosh, your plants are so beautiful. And I always tell them, well, I didn't bring the ugly ones. (laughs) (laughs) I, I left those at home. I I have a green thumb, a brown thumb, a black thumb. Like it, it, growing plants and being a scientist is about accepting and embracing failure. Gotcha. And a lot of people, it, that's frustrating, and I get it. But if you're going to get a pack of seeds and you're going to plant a pack of seeds, you might have very little success or a lot of success. It all depends. There are a lot of factors that go into it. For example, here in Columbus County, our sun is so intense that when you see on a package full sun, they're really only talking about six hours, okay. not no, 14. So that, that's, that's a mistake that I have learned the hard way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You put your tomatoes in full sun and three weeks in, all the tomatoes are and dead. They're, they're tender for starting a campfire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think one of the things that everyone can do is get a pot and instead of going and buying things, we ha- there's lots of people in the community that have extra pots to give away. Okay. So we can certainly find a pot and some soil and you can grow some seeds. You can come out to the farmer's market. This year, I sold all my pollinator plants for $2 because I wanted everyone to be able to experiment. And when you go to the big box stores and they're eight, $9, you can't experiment with that. It's just too much. Right. So a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there. What are you going to grow? And it's so exciting to see people just plant one plant. As you get braver and have a little more commitment, you can start to expand your space. Even if you do a raised beds, there are certain plants in our ecosystem that attract like the black swallowtails. Gotcha. Gorgeous butterflies. But the irony is we all know that the swallowtails start as caterpillars. And when people see caterpillars, they're like, no, gross, no, kill it's that a worm. Thing. Yes, you gotta get rid of it. Worm. Get rid of it or get rid of that gross thing. So I've been doing workshops at the farm where we look at the larval stages of a lot of our pollinators because they tend to be quite yucky. Yucky's a good word. Yucky Yucky's is a good, good scientific word. <laughs> so if we can identify, oh, that's the yucky larval stage of a lady beetle, then I'm going to make sure that I let that larva grow. 
I'm going to make sure that I have a designated space in my yard where I don't use pesticides and herbicides so that my insect population can be healthy and create that ecosystem. I mean, if we're dealing with you know, with you know, helping nature along and encouraging nature to be with us, like, we can use less pesticides, can't we? For sure. For sure. There is a movement called No Mo May. And quick little story. My neighbor comes up this May and he's like, Lisa, can I help you? You look like you need help mowing. And I was like, no, it's No Mo May. What are you kidding me? No, we can't mow. And he was just shook his head like, oh, girl, you're a mess. And yes, that's true. However, it's not we want you to leave your whole yard to look wild. I'm doing that. But we're not asking everyone. A little patch. A little patch that you're going to plant some native grasses, some native pollinator flowers, and you're just going to let that be. You won't have to spray. You won't have to mow. Now, that's a section of our ditch bank at home has turned into, since we moved in there, and quite honestly, we cleared it a little bit, and then we quit maintaining it. Yep. Well... Hear folks talk about how we don't have quail anymore. I have two. I have two covey of quail in there. Wow! And in part, you know that they have a place to hide. They have a place to nest. They have bugs to eat. And that's one of the same sections you and I talked about earlier that I try to sow some of the good pollination plants through there as a resource for them. So I mean, I got quail coming back. Great. I mean, well, there haven't been quail around. I mean, I'm 56 years old, and we haven't had really good populations of quail throughout most areas of southeastern North Carolina in 30 years. And, and when you say you're po- th- planting pollen, you're just throwing seeds out. Exactly. Exactly. It's not that you're getting out there in the ditch and digging. No, it just is as good as throwing seeds out. The pollinator plants that are native require a little patience because they go through the cycle of our specific climate of our region, which means sometimes they won't even flower till the second or third year. And I totally understand that when you're ready in the spring for flowers, you want flowers in that second. Well, of course. (laughs) Which is great. So I say go and get your cute little manufactured daisy and put that in a pot. Don't put that on your ground. Save those that area, that native area for those plants that are going to establish themselves. And then guess what? You have no maintenance. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little bit shaggy, but at the same time, it's growing up, and it's better, and it's healthier. And, you know, it's not right there in the front yard. I actually have started, I found a a gentleman in Portland, actually, Oregon, where he makes these beautiful outdoor signs that is like pesticide-free pollinator zone. So I, I do have people comment that, oh, I live in a neighborhood where we have an HOA and my neighbors don't like it when I plant native. And I was like, just put this sign out there that this is amazing. Well, that's much nicer than me. I just said, well, why don't you move? <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you live. Exactly. <laughs> off, off the beaten path. Exactly. Um, me as well. I say, this is my land and I'm going to do what I want with yep. it. Um, but there is a solution, right? Get, throw me all the problems. We'll figure out a way that you can get those butterflies and those bees and those beetles. We're going to come right up. We're going to take another break real quick for the Columbus Connection. This is Jefferson Weaver. We will be right back.
Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-605-4650-800-605-4650-800-605-4650. That's 800-605-4650. And welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with Lisa Yama. Now, this, we've talked about a lot of things that are a little foreign to people. Mm-hmm. Letting some of the grass grow. Waiting on things that you've thrown out there to grow. How can people learn more about all this? How can how can they get out there and you know literally or metaphorically get their hands dirty learning about it? Hopefully literally. Um there are so many great resources just within footsteps of downtown Whiteville. Our Museum of Nature and Science here in Whiteville is, I think, the gem of our city. We have this wonderful science resource that, let me remind you all, is completely free admission. Yeah, so that is something we up. can't preach enough and that a lot of people don't realize the resource that we have down there because there's, there's so much to do. There's so much to do. They have really spent time focusing on our ecosystem, our local ecosystem, our wonderful Bess Taylor, who has painted the giant butterflies. Yep. So that big tiger swallowtail when you're at the museum and you're facing south that tiger swallowtail became a whole story of our butterfly trail that's being painted and up keep up kept uh, whatever word that yeah something like that (laughs) um and we've got the bee merle we've got all these resources so the museum is happy to work with the community to figure out what we need And I tend to be pretty sort of bold and outspoken. So I just walk in and say, hey, you should offer a class about this. And they go, oh, okay. well, do you think anyone else is interested? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's let's find out. So one of the things as a community, what are your needs? What do you guys want? As well as, oh, we have some ideas. They have an eco-explore program right. that helps kids learn about our local ecosystem and document and actually submit that for research. We also have Which our... We have information about that on our website right now, as a matter of fact, in the, one of the calendar listing stories about the museum, as well as in the good news. So. Great. When you, when you finish listening to this, go check that out. <laughs> Yo, yes. The good news is a great place to stop and look at uh, what is happening in our community that will bring well, a smile you. to your face and um, that you can participate in. Our pollinator beds in front of the museum, the Whiteville Rotary, sponsored that project. Uh, they wrote a grant and they bought 
um, pollinator plants from some of the local nurseries, mine included, and out front they've got some labels and you can go out there any time of the day and watch those bees and butterflies and insects flying around. It is a great resources to learn more. There's actually a rattlesnake plant out there that I hadn't ever grown before. And after kind of examining them, I'm like, oop, I'm growing that next year for sure. Cool. The other thing is on the murals, we've got different um, native species thinking about when Bess did the um, monarch butterfly and that life cycle and what does the caterpillar look like? What does the chrysalis look like? How, you know, what's the male or the female butterfly look like? That is a resource that I cannot speak enough about. The other resource is our county extension. We have a 4-H program. Our 4-H program typically goes out to schools and supports, you know, our local students. We did have the clover buds, which are the tiny 4-Hers yep. um, at Yemma Farm a couple weeks ago when we were looking at pollinators and we were looking at metamorphosis, so the different life stages of the pollinators. That is a great resource. Um, our community college has... I've heard, I haven't seen yet, but I really want to go over there and see the Venus flytraps. So I've heard there's... Our program was really, I remember when that first started, and that was actually before I came to work down here. And it was really groundbreaking because the, the research that they've done on them, helping to preserve the species, and at the same time, coming up with the, the hybrid, for lack of a better word, so people can legally have them in their yards. Without poaching. Without poaching. <laughs> and going to jail for exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it's just, they did a whole lot of work on that. And, and it's just really been, really been neat to preserve that. To see the predator plants in the numbers coming back. And in part, it's because of the research and the work that's been done out here. Correct. And a lot of people don't realize one of the coolest things about our area in southeastern North Carolina is we are the only place in the entire world where a few species of Venus flytraps actually grow in That's the wild. Right. That is really important and cool to our ecosystems. It's something we should be proud of. So I would love to see more Venus flytrap things around just because that is something we can all get around. I have a sticker that says the earth is what we all have in common. We're all a part of the earth. We share the earth and our space, um, and it should feel good and peaceful and happy. So I'm also into using nature for nurture. I like that. Getting connected. Yes, I mean, as, as Grandma used to say, it's, it's just healthy to get some dirt under your fingernails and grow something. Correct. And it feels great, um, and it can be really simple. And you can do some good at the same time. And you can do some good at the same time. So what I would say is if you are really interested in growing something and you're really not sure where to start and you don't know what to do, um, you can check out my website. You can come out to the farmer's market on Saturdays from 8 to 1 um, and ask around. There's lots of people there that are would love to help you plant and get started on a garden. That's good. All right, folks. The resources are there. Mm -hmm. I realize, yes, it's hot. Yes, the air conditioner is nice. <laughs> but you can get outside. You can do something good. You do something good for you. You can do something good for the earth, for your community. And, hey, sections of the yard you won't have to mow so much. That's right. So, 
Lisa, thank you for coming and being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Will I you really come appreciate back again it. sometime? Absolutely. Cool. That'd be great. I still have to run out there and come see your farm. I know. Then we can sit down and talk about goats. Or maybe we can talk about goats another day. That's true. Yeah. And pigs and ducks and okay. chickens. We don't do pigs anymore. We've done pigs before. But we'll I thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be great to get pigs? That's not that great. No, it's not. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Jefferson Weaver with WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com. Thank you for being with us today on the Columbus Connection. Make it a great week. This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at ColumbusConnection at ColumbusCountyNews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in-studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening.